And welcome back to America. Can we talk? Debbie George Addis, top of the second hour, cruise through the news. Okay. Remember a week ago, we had visiting on us our show, on our show on last Sunday, we had Dr. Jerry Johnson. He is the president of the National Religious Broadcasters, and he's also one, spearheading a project calling, called Save the Persecuted Christians. If you didn't hear that interview on Easter Sunday, I strongly encourage you to go. First of all, we have a great, great YouTube channel. If you just go to YouTube and then search America Can We Talk, Debbie Georgiatis, um, and if you can't spell Georgiatis, what's the matter with you? You can't spell Georgiatis. G-E-O-R-G-A-T-O-S, okay? Anyway, go there. Our YouTube channel is fabulous, and we have all of our old interviews. You can hear his interview, the information he shared about the simple reality that Christians are the single most persecuted religion in the world today, even liberal News sites acknowledge Christians are the most persecuted uh, sect religion in the world today. I want to share one story as a follow-up on that uh, in my Cruise of the News tonight. There was a report just recently from Iraq, the country of Iraq, which is Muslim majority, of course, but 80%, of Iraq's Christians have disappeared. Think about that. Think about any other country, any other you know, place in the world where someone told you that, you know, that there's that 80 percent of a particular religion have vanished. And in Iraq, um, you know, some of them have fled because they don't want to be killed. Um, and some of them have fled because they fear that the. Um, I'm trying to quick read the numbers here, uh, fear what would happen. But the idea that 80 percent of them are gone. You know, you see United Nations resolutions all the time. I mean, we just had over the Passover holiday, we had uh, the Palestinians on the border with Israel, you know, f- throwing weapons, doing big protests. And naturally, Israelis don't just put up with this. You know, they fight back. And so that's UN's going to talk about whether or not Palestinians ought to be able to attack Israelis with no consequence. Everything the Israelis do seems like it ends up, if it's defending themselves, ends up a subject of a UN resolution. When have you heard a U.N. resolution talking about the uh, disappearance of Christians in Iraq? Um, so I want to make sure have, uh, that will be up on our, our um, website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, this story. And, um, and actually, there was a, uh, there's an organization, Aid to the Church in Need, revealed Iraq is ground zero for the, el- for the elimination of Christians from the pages of history um, they actually, anyway, so this is just heartbreaking and, and horrific, and Christians in all countries should care. Okay, second item, cruise to the news tonight. Um, there was actually, you, I don't think you would hear this at mainstream media, because mainstream media tries to convince everybody uh, that everybody is against Trump's border wall, and Trump's border wall is uh, xenophobic and blah, blah, blah. 380 sheriffs, 380 sheriffs in 40 states have signed a a letter to Congress demanding Congress build Trump's wall and end illegal immigration. In fact, many in the left-wing media will try to tell you that sheriffs don't even like this. Sheriffs don't want a wall. Sheriffs don't like this. Sheriffs don't want to comply. These are sheriffs telling Congress, just please fund that wall. Fund it. Get it done. And do your part to end illegal immigration. Okay, next cruise to the news item, seventh grade assignment. This is the most amazing thing. Talk about how left-wing 
America just thinks it owns even the public schools in a class, um, a class, the purpose of which was to, this is a class in uh, Hampton Middle School, Hampton Middle School in Hampton, Georgia, a class dedicated to teaching students about Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. That's good. Learn about those those areas of the world. The assignment given by a teacher was to require as a homework assignment their students to write a letter to lawmakers demanding stricter gun control laws. I was trying to think how that fits in with the Middle East, uh, you know, studying Africa, Asia, Middle East. Anyway, so this is Georgia. So you imagine there are a few conservatives there, a few gun owners, a few people saying, wait a minute. So one parent did say, you know, actually, no. Saw his son's assignment, emailed the teacher next day, said he is not writing a letter to Congress. Now, it wasn't clear whether the teacher was actually going to send the letters to Congress, but I think there was suspicion that the teacher was going to do that. And the kids, you know, were not asked, write a letter stating your feelings on gun control, write a letter taking a position for or against or whatever. It was write a letter to Congress requiring, um, asking lawmakers for stricter gun control laws. That came up from a website, uh, Blue Lives, uh, and I think it's just called Blue Lives. Blue Lives Matter. But anyway, um, this was another example of just left-wing propaganda in a public school in Georgia. Final item is I just want to remind people every once in a while this is still happening in the United States Senate where we have a Republican majority. You probably didn't know. We have a Republican majority in the United States Senate. Republican. We cannot get many, many, many nominees from President Trump made by President Trump that require Senate approval cannot get a vote on those nominees for a variety of positions, federal courts, other positions. And the Rule 12 in the Senate is being used by the Democrats to say Rule 12 allows 30 hours of debate on any nominee if they want. Well, just to understand how weak the Republicans are being, the Democrats aren't even required to do the 30 hours of debate. They just say they're going to do the 30 hours of debate, and that's enough for Republicans to fold. Not good enough, folks. Debbie Georgiatis, America Can We Talk. Come back after our break. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. 
The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony list, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Can you hear us now? And welcome back to America Can We Talk. Okay, first of all, if you're watching on Facebook Live, thank you for doing that. I love having us go out on Facebook Live. I actually get emails from people, and I urge you, if you're listening to this show on radio or on your app, if you have the 660 AM app, if, you have, if you're going to it online through AmericaCanWeTalk.org, if you're watching on Facebook or listening on the radio, um, I just really, really appreciate everyone who listens to this show and want to encourage you, if you ever want to, to email me at AmericaCanWeTalk.org. I love getting emails from our listeners. Um, I also love getting, um, um, love getting, sorry, you're following me on Facebook and I'm on Twitter at DebbieCanWeTalk. And I love all this modern social media. I really, really do. I appreciate social media. I love Facebook. I love Twitter. Um, and I and I don't use Snapchat so much. I know a lot of people do. I'm just starting to use Instagram. 
But I did want to spend this segment talking with you in case you did not realize, talking about how amazingly um, ubiquitous, which is like everywhere, the uh, data collection about your life is. Because I think you might make different decisions if you had some idea of how extreme the data collection is around you. And I was just going to share something. I mean, I don't mean to scare you or anything because I really want you to listen on Facebook Live, but I encourage you to consider what data is collected about you and whether something should be done about it. I mean, I just, I don't know whether Congress could ever pass a law, for example, that would say if an individual wants the data about them removed, could they enforce that? But first, let me start with, But one guy, and I think this guy might be in Ireland. Anyway, he wrote an article for The Guardian. The Guardian, and again, it'll be on our website, americacanwetalk.org, for The Guardian, about how much information is gathered. He just searched himself, searched himself and all of his use on social media. Starting with, Google knows where you've been your entire time, life, ever since you've had Google on your phone. It stores your location if you have location tracking turned on. So every time you're anywhere, it knows where you, not just knows where you are right there, it saves that information every time you turn on your phone. You can actually go find a timeline of where you've been from the very first day you started using Google on your phone. Okay. Now, I don't do any really, I don't like sneak off to Europe and no one knows or something, but you know, you might, even if you don't do sneaky things in your life, It's just darn creepy to think that they're retaining information about where you've been. And this guy wrote, wrote, he put up like a map of Ireland, I guess, yeah, of Ireland. And it has little dots all over telling where he's been. They know everything. Google knows everything you have ever searched. Just think about that. I'm not going to ask you if you search for things that you, you know, maybe think are kind of private. But this idea, everything you've searched ever even if you deleted it. Like on your computer, I know people, uh, you know, will delete their, their history, their search history periodically. Um, I probably should, I've never even done that, I don't think. I don't even know how to do it. But the idea that everything you ever searched, you thought you deleted it. And even if you deleted it from your trash or whatever you think on your computer is finalizing your deletion of it, Google has it. Okay, this is creepy. This is Big Brother in a private company. They have an adver- Google has an advertisement profile of you. They follow the things based on your information, your location, your gender, your age, hobbies, career, interests, relationship status, even possible weight needed to lose, and income. They've, they have an advertising profile of you. They know all the apps you use. Now, you might download an app, try it one time, don't like it. Have some app you love, use it all the time. I'm not a big app user. I use some of them, but you know, the, but the idea that they just think it's okay to figure out your um, your app story in life, um, then you know, just it just again, if you have anything you're thinking you're doing is kind of private, don't think so. Next, Google has all all of your YouTube history, so. You know, I don't use YouTube that much except my own YouTube channel I go to all the time. And again, I urge you to go to our YouTube channel. You can see all our old interviews, our first fives, all sorts of media um, 
just different appearances I've done in the media and my political, I do political analysis for various uh, news sites. And so that's all there on, on my YouTube channel. But back to YouTube, everything you've ever searched. And if you've gone on YouTube to try to figure out whether that third grade teacher of yours, whatever became of her or whatever it is, that is being saved. Okay, the data Google has on him, the data Google has on him could fill millions of Word documents, millions. Google actually offered him an option to download all the data it has for him. He requested it, and it's a, the file is 5.56 gigabytes, roughly 3 million Word documents. Okay, Facebook. One of my favorites, Facebook Live. Love doing Facebook. I love following my friends, my high school and college friends and law school friends. And there's all sorts of people on Facebook. My cousins. You know, Facebook is like family. It's really fun. You feel like you're just family. Facebook has reams and reams and reams of data on you. Again, never deleted. You could be friends with someone. You don't like them anymore. You don't like her anymore. You unfriend them. Anything you have has been saved this guy was saying that he went, He asked a similar option to download all the information Facebook had about him, and he was told the file was roughly 600 megabytes, roughly 400,000 Word documents. Every message you've ever sent or received, every file you've ever sent or has been sent to you, all of the contacts on your phone, all of the audio messages you've ever sent or been sent. That's what Facebook has. Facebook even stores your stickers. Okay, I don't really use stickers, but I guess people like them. Facebook stores stickers to your login location. They can access your webcam. Again, Facebook can access your webcam on your computer and your microphone. And there are other ways that Google gets your data Two, Google knows every event you've attended, when you went to the event, and the information that you deleted. They can know your workout routine. If you've done anything online to find it, and I've searched online, oh, a different workout routine, you know, something beyond my usual, get on the elliptical machine and stare at an old movie or something just to get through the workout. Any kind of things you searched about that. They have years and years worth of photos from you. Years and years of photos. Google has every email you've ever sent. I'm constantly looking. My computer's kind of overfilled right now. You know, know, when you check on the status, you find out how much storage space you have. It's looking pretty full. So I'm kind of delete email. And it's kind of weird because you you go through the process. Well, should I delete this? Because I kind of like this. Maybe I'll want to go back and find out Remember one day, you know, what I said or what my friend said, but, um, and then you finally decide, no, I got to be, that's ridiculous. I got to start deleting. So you delete emails. You think they're gone, but Google has them. And, and, you know, the reason I'm telling you all this is I think there is, this is, by the way, an article from The Guardian, and uh, I will put it up on our um, Facebook page as well as on AmericanCommunityTalk.org. But I urge you to just recognize that, you know, there's a, there's all sorts of bad uses that can come from the storage of data about you, about anybody. I mean, the bad uses are not just because it's creepy for any entity, any organization, Facebook or Google, to know a bunch of stuff about you. That's pretty creepy. But it's also like 
do they ever provide access to the government on that information? So, or suppose, yeah, yes is the answer. But I mean, also, I remember we talked to a political consultant once. We were just learning what his about his job for a variety of reasons. He was telling us everything he, as a political consultant, could access on Google about the voter base you need, you know, your the district, you, your where you live, who your voters are, who's around you, what you can access. And it, he wasn't saying it was illegal. He was saying, yeah, then we can get this, we can get this, we can get this. And at some point, you know, the government has that too. So, you know, or at least has access to it too. And the idea of Google retaining all this, Facebook retaining all of this, the notion that every, you know, I, I think most people kind of like the idea of, you know, they uh, a sense of privacy. Even if you're not engaged in a criminal enterprise, if you're not doing anything illicit, you just like the feeling of privacy. But in this country, we have the trade-off apparently so far we've agreed to is because we have access to all this stuff and it's Google and it's Facebook and we have just constant uh, and YouTube and ways to connect and to read about all sorts of things is we've surrendered privacy. And I, I know maybe you're listening to this and thinking, what, Debbie, you just learned this today? No, I, obviously I know privacy has been a problem for a while, but the, the capacity to store all this data and the potential for misuse of it in litigation, in government investigation, in, in, in possible uh, accusations, in all, in all sorts of uh, you know, aspects of life, uh, you know, facets of life, is just, it's very unhealthy. And I actually think there should be a movement to start having Congress say to these private entities, you must destroy data if the customer asks you. That'd be a great, that'd be a great thing for them to do. Okay, great, great talking. You'll come back. I'm going to talk about San, San Diego County joining the federal sanctuary city lawsuit. Come right back. Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informed the national debate on property rights, energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. 
If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers, it's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. And welcome back to America Community Talk. Dang it, I forgot again in the first hour, and I'll just say I always want to say hello and welcome our listeners in Phoenix. And we're only on one hour in Phoenix, so um, you can't hear me. I'm sorry about that. But anyway, welcome to our listeners in Colorado Springs. Love talking to you every Sunday about America. And, of course, our listeners in Dallas and on Facebook Live. And, again, encourage you. You can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Love hearing from our listeners. Also, comment on our Facebook page. We get all sorts of comments. And we only ding you if you say bad words. You don't have to agree with me, but if you put, if we have to take you down if you say bad words. But we love having a conversation. I love having conversations about America. It's a whole point of my show, which is just to celebrate and explore the unique, extraordinary, exceptional identity of America. And it's really it's an important thing to understand why America is unique. If you don't understand why it's unique, if you don't understand the uniqueness of our founding, then you can't truly appreciate the, the just depth of the goodness of the idea of America. Not saying America is perfect. Yes, we've had problems, and we still have problems, and we try to fix them. But America, the idea itself, is just an extraordinarily important idea. So I also want to thank our sponsor before we get to the end of the show. America Can We Talk. America Can We Talk is possible because of the generosity of our sponsor. I'm so grateful for this. is GC Works, which is a Dallas-based company that excuse me, performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. GC Works sponsors this show, could not do it without them, so very grateful. Okay, so uh, one next thing I want to tell you is kind of cool. We're jumping around a little bit in topics tonight, but, you know, that's how I'm the host. I get to do that. Plus, I just there's so many things that interest me. I always try to say the topics I choose to talk about, they always tie into 
to holding on to the greatness of, of America, the idea of America. And this is an actual, just extremely interesting thing that is being considered in San Diego. Let me back up and say, we, my husband and I and our three kids, uh, lived in California many years, lived in San Diego. That's where I practiced law in a large corporate law firm. Um, that's where all our kids were born. And um, so we, you know, we, we lived there for years and years. We have family out in California, and we love going there. We have been in Texas since the year 2000. We would never leave Texas. We love Texas. We feel like we, we, even though I grew up in New York and my husband in California, when we moved to Texas in the year 2000, we felt like we came home. I mean, we really do. We felt like we came home to where the people are just just the uh, heart and soul of America, um, attitude of Texas, the, the strong, vibrant, self-reliant, upbeat, happy spirit, the, just, just the whole feel of Texas. We just love living here. So, but people have a perception of California, and especially from Texas, have a perception of California that's just full of, you know, just left-wing wackos. I mean, everything about California, they just are, they're now a sanctuary state, as you likely, oh, I've said in this show, and you've probably heard, they are completely announcing they have no interest in following, the, uh, the no willingness to follow federal immigration law. They are stepping back from, they're saying that they, California, can ignore the federal immigration laws, they can refuse to cooperate with ICE, they can refuse to cooperate with federal immigration officials, so they've declared themselves a sanctuary state. They're offering them their state as a sanctuary for illegal immigrants to never have to worry about being turned over to ICE. Now, I just want to, as a slight pause before I get into the story about San Diego, what they're doing, because we lived in San Diego, uh, which is a more conservative place within California. But just imagine if Texas declared that we decide that we are a pro-life state. So we're never going to cooperate with or follow or comply or permit the performance of, uh, you know, of abortions, of, of, pro- of the pro-choice viewpoint, that we just simply we don't have to follow federal law. We're not going to follow the Supreme Court decision, Roe versus Wade. We're just going to declare ourselves a pro-life state. Now, first of all, conservatives, Republicans tend to be law-abiding, so we aren't going to openly do that. I mean, I think I hear people talk that way, but we can't really do that. But it is the same idea if Texas said that as California saying we are a, uh, you know, we're a sanctuary state. We don't follow federal immigration law. Anyway, but the specific story about uh, California out of San Diego, I want to tell you was you probably know that President Trump has uh, his administration has filed a lawsuit against California, essentially saying you can't be a sanctuary state. You can't do that. You cannot just simply decide that you're going to ignore, fail to follow federal immigration law, which is what California is really saying, which is what the sanctuary cities around the country are saying. And there are sanctuary cities right here in Texas. They're saying that they reject the founding organization of America. They reject the primacy of the right of the federal government to make immigration policy. They're saying, no, we make immigration policy and we, you know, we make national policy right here in the city of, you know, fill in the blank, whatever city it is that has is the sanctuary city status. Certainly San Francisco, uh, certainly in Texas, I believe Austin has declared itself a sanctuary city. I think Houston functions as one. Frankly, Dallas functions as one. So, in San Diego, it is a heightened concern about the sanctuary status because San Diego is Southern California, very near the border of Mexico, very, very near. And 
um, they have a um, you know they have a large illegal immigrant population. They have a large legal immigrant population also, but they have a large illegal immigrant population. So, in California, San Diego County is considering. They're going to hold a meeting of the city council. I think it was April 16th. I didn't I see the date quickly, but they have a meeting coming up in which the San Diego County, I guess it's the county council, is voting to decide whether to join the federal sanctuary state lawsuit, meaning joining as a party with the federal government, with the Trump administration, against their own state of California to say, you can't be a sanctuary state. You can't do that. You can't function like that. You're not allowed to decide you're outside of California. So the County Board of Supervisors on Wednesday announced it would consider proposals to join two lawsuits involving federal government policies. Oh, the, Okay, the next session is April 17th, so coming up fairly soon in another week and a half or so. So anyway, they're considering joining two lawsuits um, about their um, – and they're going to have to have a closed-door session meeting of their – County Board of Supervisors. But the first lawsuit that they're talking about joining as a party, meaning taking the side of the Trump administration against the state of California, one proposal commits the board of the San Diego Board of Supervisors to join the Trump administration's lawsuit against the state sanctuary law. And that law was called California Values. Please spare me. California Values, um, which is um, SB 54. The other proposal and by the way, they'd be joining Orange County. Orange County, an even more conservative area, just north of San Diego, way south of L.A., but between the two, Orange County has joined the federal lawsuit, joined on Trump's side against uh, California. The other proposal is to support the legal battle. The state attorney, <clears throat> excuse me, the state uh, Democrat Attorney General um, Xavier Bacara has launched against the Commerce Department's inclusion of the citizenship question on the 2020 census. We talked about this last week on the show, but this is a hugely important issue and really kind of a, it is just a pull back the curtain and reveal what people in California really think. In the 2020 census, the Constitution requires a census every 10 years. They call it the enumeration. They're going to count the people. And for years, up until about the 1960s, one question on the census, beside you know, your age and where you live and all that, was, are you a citizen? That question was removed in the 1960s. President Trump has announced that his administration and the Commerce Department, they're going to put that question back on the census. Are you a citizen? The state of California is suing the federal government to say, you can't ask that. You cannot ask on the census whether someone is a citizen. And the reason is because you might have people not participate in the census if they have to admit they're not a citizen. I got to tell you, folks, as I think I said last week or two weeks ago, I don't know when it was in the show, but I made the point that the census is not just to count people. It is to decide. It dictates the answer to how many members of the United States Congress your state gets to send. If you count illegal aliens within California, you're letting that count of illegals in the total population, add to the number of congressmen. So you're letting illegal, illegal uh, aliens, people who are not citizens, get representation in Congress and be counted in the total of the state of California. The second impact is, of course, the Electoral College. California is a, you know, a big block of votes in the Electoral College. Again, the number of electors you get is based on your population. 
Should illegal aliens be included in that? I don't think so. Third use of this is to get the uh, is for federal funding. How much money do you send to various states when the federal government's massive collection of taxes is driven by the population of the state? So California is, you know, just saying is suing the federal government, saying essentially um, that they are uh, they want to oppose. They want a court to order that President Trump cannot include the question on the census, are you a citizen? And, you know, as a matter of law, it's an open and shut case. Of course he can do that. He has a power on this to create the census form. But and the reality of whether or not um, that uh, the, a court is going to just go ahead and do what the courts have been doing under President Trump, which is pretty much doing whatever they want in terms of the laws, not, they, I don't know what will happen. The court may strike it down, but I hope they don't. So, California, at least San Diego, a little bit of standing up for the conservative side. We come back. I'm going to tell you about Team Obama's smear machine in exile. You won't believe it. Don't go away. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. 
If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I have to tell you, folks, I have so much fun doing the show. It's kind of ridiculous. All I get to do to prepare for the show is do what I do anyway, which is to read a lot of stories. I read stories all over the Internet, uh, all, all sorts of sources, to basically get a, just a kind of a cross-section of stories about things happening in America, things shaping America's future, things that, uh, you know, policy issues. And I always come at it. The reason I do this show is because I think there is just a profound need in America for more patriots to understand why America is exceptional and extraordinary. What makes America exceptional and special, the place that everyone in the world actually wants to come if they could, if they left the country, if if they have to leave where they're from, people want to come here, and we need to understand why that is, and then we need to hold on to the things that make America great. Hold on to the uh, the great the greatness and uniqueness of America because you you know like any country, countries can change. If you don't hold on to the ideals of America, you don't hold on to the country. And this is why I do this show. Uh, and then I find stories of all sorts of interest. So I'm going to start with. Um, I don't know whether any of you are aware of this project, Cassandra. This is something started. Um, under President Obama. And going back to President Obama, you likely recall um, that under his administration, under President Obama's administration, um, he and his team, they including the Department of Justice and Eric Holder, pulled off something called Operation Fast and Furious. And in short, what they did, and actually, you know, we, let me tell you first what they did and what a big frustration about it. They actually went out of their way to intentionally put guns, American manufactured guns, into the hands of terrorists. They allowed these guns to flow uh, through uh, gangs down into Mexico, end up in the hands of Mexican cartel thug people. And actually one of the guns, part of this Operation Fast and Furious, ended up killing an American border agent. And so the reason they did this is because the American left is so anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment, they tried this, this Operation Fast and Furious, because they knew eventually the guns would be discovered to have been manufactured in America, that this would cause the American people to turn against the gun manufacturers. Well, as, as in many things that the American left is lawless beyond description, even when this came to light, 
there was never any holding accountable of the people who facilitated and orchestrated this putting the hands, putting American manufactured guns in the hands of Mexican drug cartel border, uh, you know, border gang, border violent people of, uh, who were Mexican. No accountability. Years later, when, or I guess it was in 2017, when the Republicans finally had control of the White House and the Congress and all that, maybe it was earlier than 2017, but in any case, there was an investigation done by one of the House committees. They came up with a report that basically said, yeah, actually, there is proof. Eric Holder did this. He, he orchestrated this. President Obama was in on it. They all thought it was fine. They actually went to the effort of getting guns, they, Obama and Holder, into the hands of enemies in Mexico, end up killing a U.S. border agent, one of those guns, and there was no accountability. And, and specifically, even after the Republicans did this big um, investigation, did this big um, report, investigation by a committee, came up with a huge long report, but there was no consequence. Nothing happened. Republicans just kind of said, well, that was bad. Now we've put it out there. Now we know. And, and you know, Obama doesn't care. Holder doesn't care. Well, now this is another kind of similar thing under President Obama, and it was called um, the Operation Cassandra, or rather the, Cassandra, the Project Cassandra. The short story is Hezbollah, the, um, you know, terrorist organization, just a, um, you know, Iran-based or iran started terrorist organization i guess they basically are in lebanon but they are just a jihadist violent terrorist organization hezbollah is involved in smuggling trafficking money and uh, money laundering trafficking drugs have a revenue of weapons stream they are an international terrorist organization responsible for devastating terror attacks around the world this was a statement by the dea acting De- which is Drug Enforcement Administration, acting Deputy Administrator Jack Riley. So the DEA was conducting an investigation into how Hezbollah runs drugs, launders money, and is you know just obviously a truly evil organization. So DEA is investigating this, and people from the DEA came forward to say that as they tried to do this investigation, this smuggling of drugs and weapons and, and money laundering by Hezbollah, the Obama administration got in their way. The Obama administration would not allow, allow DEA to do its investigation. They did things like held up. Um, in fact, Hezbollah, before I forget, is a designated by the U.S. State Department foreign terror organization since 1997. So over 20 years. And they become increasingly involved with trafficking cocaine and other illegal drugs. They are Shia Islamic political party. They are now based in Lebanon. They were formed by the Iranian National Guard, Revolutionary Guard in 1982. But the point is, President Obama, in his desire to get the horrendous, horrendous uh, Iranian deal done, did not want Hezbollah's invest. I mean, did not want DEA's investigation into Hezbollah to upset the Iranians. Because then maybe the Iranians wouldn't go along with this deal that Obama and his team were trying to push. And as we talked about in the show many, many times with many, many experts, the Iranian deal was a complete 
capitulation by the Obama administration to giving Iran uh, the capacity to build nuclear weapons, funding in the B with a billion dollars, um, a billion with a B dollars to use on their terror operations. I mean, it was a complete surrender to Iran and it just just a, a boondoggle of a treaty. And because President Obama didn't want that that possible treaty with Iran, that possible as they were negotiating to be upset in any way, they, the Obama administration, just got in Hezbollah, got in the DEA's way. They just they went, went through specific things that they did. Um, they were just not authorized. The Obama administration had at some level had to authorize certain things, authorize certain assets, authorize certain operations. They just slow walked the DEA investigation. And the reason I bring this up is because now that people are looking into that, now that we're finally past the Obama years and we're looking into restoring law and order in this country, um, this is being looked into um, by the Department of Justice. I mean, this whole idea that we uh, compromised our ability to invest, our, our determination and willingness to investigate Hezbollah in order to make sure that President Obama could give um, more money and, t- and, and access to the ability to build nuclear weapons uh, to the Iranian people. It's just something, even if nothing comes of it, it's good to understand the mindset of the Obama administration was, we want this deal no matter what with Iran, crummy as it was. The other quick story I want to bring that's also, uh, and I, I'm raising this about President Obama. I know that for many of my friends, you know, they were just, they thought that electing the first black president was going to make America just, advanced beyond race, would be a post-racial nation. We would have harmony and peace on earth and better race relations. And, of course, everyone knows statistically, and there are all sorts of polls showing it, race relations got worse and worse under President Obama. I, What I'm talking with you about tonight about President Obama's conduct has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with with any aspect of ethnicity or race, it has everything to do with upholding the rule of law and demanding that our elected officials do their best to uphold the rule of law. But in particular, right now what's happening, as you probably heard, um, President Trump has appointed John Bolton as his new national security advisor, which was just something the conservatives were thrilled about. This is a great, great thing. Love having John Bolton. They thought he was should have been in the mix to start with under under President Trump's new administration. But John Bolton um, is a no-nonsense, serious, you know, take the fight to the bad guys, don't surrender, don't, don't act weak, America has to be strong kind of guy, exactly the kind of guy who should be representing President Trump as a national security advisor. But his presence in the now Trump administration is causing the behind-the-scenes activism by President Obama— let me clarify that former President Obama, who is right in the middle, right in the middle of stirring up agitation against President Trump, just so inappropriate, so out of line and not just inappropriate as in rude, but so sinister. It is like President Obama cannot believe his anointed Hillary Clinton didn't win the election in 2016. So he's acting in Washington in ways to undermine the choice of the American people and President Trump. In particular, with respect to John Bolton, there's a group that was formed by President Obama, an outfit run by his top officials, former top officials of President Obama, called the National Security Action. 
what would the acronym be there? Oh, NSA. This is um, Obama's form, NSA, you know, which is not the real NSA, but he's formed this outfit, and they are out there undermining pre- uh, undermining John Bolton, the President Trump's choice for national security advisor. And this is the line they had, this NSA group. John Bolton is at the nexus of Russia's interference in our democracy and the NRA's reckless agenda. Okay, so he's mixing the mixing Russia, you know, that which ne- never played out except Hillary was involved with Russia with the dossier, but, you know, Trump was not. And then the NRA, which has nothing to do with anyway. But this is a I'm getting at the point that what you see behind the scenes, and if you the more you read, the more it should alarm you. President Obama has decided it's not OK for the American people to choose a president they wanted because it wasn't Hillary Clinton. And there is an ongoing effort behind the scenes in Washington in a variety of issues, a variety of, of topics that matter of President Obama and his team undermining President Trump and his team at every chance they get. In fact, this NSA group was described by the this NSA being the one Obama created, the National Security Action, described by the Washington Post as a political strike force. It's a fever swamp in exile. It exemplifies everything wrong with top Democrats' partisan madness in the age of Trump. Folks, we'll keep an eye on this. I'll talk, talk about other weeks. But the idea that a past president is doing, doing everything he can to bring down the duly elected president to undermine him is a real affront to America. I'm Debbie George Addis. This is America Can We Talk. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, Truth About America.